This is Hustle and Pro with Kelly Walker. Join Kelly as she talks sports with players, coaches, organizers, and entrepreneurs from Wee League to Pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. Today on Hustle and Pro, we're talking with Kedrion Cole. Kedrion's the Vice President of Gaming and Esports at Scoreboard Ventures. We're going to learn about esports, but first we're going to jump in with a few quick hits to get to know you a little bit better and your sports, uh, personal sports preferences. So welcome, Kedrion. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right, let's jump into a couple quick hits. Are you ready? Let's do it. Who's your all-time or favorite athlete of all time? Whoa, favorite athlete of all time? Oh, it's tough to say. Um, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm probably going to go Magic Johnson basketball. If you have to have a backup, then who's your who's your cowboy favorite cowboy of all time? It's got to be the playmaker. Yeah, I'm a playmaker fan, big Michael Irvin fan. What about your favorite team of all time? Favorite team? Oh, it's easy. It's the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. Favorite sport to play yourself? To play? Um, Probably basketball. Yeah, favorite sport to watch is football. Favorite sport to play is basketball. Well, that was my next question. Favorite sport to watch, football. Football, no doubt. Last one. What's the farthest distance you've ever traveled to either watch sports or to play sports yourself? Whoa. So I'm going to date myself, but I went to a World Cup uh, in 98, I believe, in Italy. And so that's probably the furthest I've traveled for sports. Um, got a chance to see a great match, um, and that was in Naples, Italy, I believe it was. So that's um, yeah, that's the that's the furthest I've traveled. I didn't hear soccer on your other sports interests. So was that by accident? Like, were you on vacation and caught the match? No. So I, funny story. I actually grew up playing soccer. It's just uh, you know, it's just a close second now to playing basketball. But yeah, I actually grew up playing soccer. Okay. So yeah, soccer fan, big soccer fan. Gotcha. All right. Well, we can talk soccer another time because I'm a soccer <laughs> fan too. Awesome. But today I want to talk to you about esports. So I don't want to go so basic with it of, you know, oh, there's a thing esports now because hopefully by now everybody has at least learned enough about it to understand that the basics of it, which is, um, I don't know, you can probably say it in a nutshell what it is better than me. So Com- go ahead. Just competitive video games. Competitive video games. That sounds yeah. so simple. Um, so, but what I want to talk about today is really more of how Frisco, how we sit in this all. Because we sit here as we talk on this podcast episode on Main Street in Frisco, Texas, um, in a business that is, that is focusing on the world of esports. So tell me Frisco's role in this uprising of esports. What does the ecosystem look like here in Frisco? Oh, wow. So um, Frisco is a, I would say, major player in the esports ecosystem um, nationally and possibly globally, right? So Frisco has one, two, three, four uh, esports organizations that are, that are headquartered here. Let me see. So Optic Gaming, uh, Complexity Gaming, FC Dallas is here. So they have three. Uh, that are actually based in Frisco, and then we have uh, Team Envy that's just out of Frisco down in Dallas. Uh, but What's yeah, that one called? Uh, Team Envy. Envy, okay. Yeah, Team Envy. But um, Frisco's great. It's, uh, I think, really jumped on early to, to eSports and has really embraced 
everything about it, the, the technology that's involved in esports and, you know, clearly the fan engagement, which drives a lot of the viewership. But um, it's, a, it's a great place to be uh, right now for the esports community. You talked about jumping on early. So how early are we talking? I mean, I, I've heard about esports the last mm, two years. Obviously, it's been around longer than that to have already built such a following. But when you talk about these Frisco-specific companies, I mean, how long ago did, did like the first ones get, get here? Um, hmm. So actually, I believe they relocated uh, to Frisco about two and a half, three years ago. Okay. So yeah, it's a, about the same timeline. These organizations were have been around forever, right? So they've been around for 10, 11 years or so, I believe. Uh, but yeah, recently relocated to Frisco. I believe both of them came around 2016, 2017. Okay, that makes and sense then. Why I that's when I started being aware. Yeah, that's really it came when under they, my you know radar. Mm-hmm. And FC Dallas, I believe, just launched their EMLS division in 2018. So it is pretty recent. All right. So then, tell me a little bit how Scoreboard Ventures fits into this ecosystem. You mentioned a couple of, of, of companies. What do you guys do and how does that fit in? Okay, yeah, sure. So Scoreboard is a um, is an investment firm. We do, we're kind of industry agnostic, but specifically for esports, uh, we do two things, right? So we try to um, invest in early stage companies. We primarily do that through a sports business accelerator that we invested in, a Stadia Ventures. Uh, this was a St. Louis um, business accelerator that focused on traditional sports technology. And um, they expanded their program, moved down to Frisco. And so now each year they invest roughly $100,000 in five to seven startups. And these are all startups that are focused on uh, esports related companies. And uh, I would say the second uh, way that we invest in, in, in companies is um, through community advocacy and really just knowing what's happening uh, in the industry, uh, potentially co-building or um, investing in a company that may need some, some support uh, that way. But overall, just being um, you know, big time advocates for the community. You mentioned the Stadia Ventures. Mm-hmm. That's how I first met you. Probably about a year ago, we, we Lifestyle Frisco did an article. Um, I wrote an article that talked about those early stage companies that were vying for that seed money or investment sure. money um, for their technology innovations in esports. It's fascinating. All that's very fascinating. So you mentioned a couple different companies earlier. Um, can you talk to me about the Cowboys or Jerry Jones' specific involvement? Because I, I know I've heard all these things that he has involvement in esports in Frisco, but I don't have a full understanding of what that actually means and what that looks like here in Frisco. Yeah, so Jerry Jones essentially put a group together to acquire an esports organization. They're headquartered over at the Star in Frisco, and I think they're working on some some pretty incredible stuff. They are building a a sports facility. They could clearly um, talk to you about uh, all the work that's going on there, but they're building a a sports facility that'll be headquartered at the Star at the Star as well, which will be um, part headquarters for the esports organization, and then part consumer experience um, uh, facility that they'll that they'll have there. Meaning, people can go watch. 
Yeah, I and believe there'll be events there. Yeah, I think they'll they'll host like small community events there. They'll also have a, a retail section that people can go and and actually you know do things like shop for their favorite uh, gear. Could and potentially. Uh, experience some new technology. I okay. believe they have some some unique stations that they'll put in there as well, so people can really, you know, get a feel of what it's like to be uh, in the esports industry or yeah. at least playing the games. That's interesting. Okay, and that's different than what the city of Arlington just recently did with giving um, putting together a venue where people can come. Can you tell us just a little bit about what that what that was? Um, yeah. So esports arena is in Arlington and they converted the the Arlington Convention Center to actually host facilities. So it's a, it's a flexible stadium, if you will. Um, I believe the capacity is around 2,500 people can come there and experience um, all sorts of esports events. Uh, live events is a very big component to esports and mm -hmm. the, the fan engagement. And uh, you know that that's certainly a um, I believe the largest uh, facility of its kind in America right now. So when you talked about the different things that can happen there and different gaming events, tournaments, and competitions, I want to talk for just a second about those different types of games themselves. Because when I think of esports, the word sports is in there. Right. So I think of NBA 2K and FIFA and Madden, those kinds of things that are all sports-related games. But eSports is actually so much bigger than that without even getting to the sports-specific titles, or I think that's what you call it, titles, games. So let's talk about what those even are in general, like the, the different types of sports that are played within that eSports umbrella. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point to bring up. So most people do kind of identify esports with traditional sports, right? So your traditional football games, which would be Madden or NBA 2K. But to your point, the, the communities are, are much bigger than that, right? So esports has its origin in, um, in just traditional gaming, right? Which was based in, in fantasy, if you will, right? So uh, there are a ton of esports uh, players, there are a ton of esports enthusiasts that don't you know, particularly care for traditional sports. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, that's a bit fascinating as well, is that you do have these, uh, what you would call traditional esports fans who have, you know, no idea about playing basketball or football or anything like that, because that's just where their interests don't lie. Uh, but now you are seeing a bit of a convergence, right, with, uh, we just spoke about Jerry Jones getting into esports. Uh, you know, clearly he's going to have some overlap with um, with his presence with the with the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. FC Dallas has uh, an esports organization as well now. So I do think you'll start to see uh, more activations between the two uh, components, the traditional sports guys and the and the esports guys. But yeah, esports history is rooted in in fantasy and things that aren't necessarily. Um, that you wouldn't necessarily think about with traditional sports. So fantasy, so uh, like like fighter games is one of them. Like Mortal Kombat, is that kind of one of the bigger when you get into that category? Yeah, I would say so, right? So you have 
you know, different genres of, of esports, like you have different genres of traditional sports, right? And so you have, uh, and I like to think of them as different communities, right? Mm -hmm. So you have kind of the fighting game community, you also have uh, first person shooters, uh, which are a different type of game as well, and uh, you know, all, all sorts of game, role playing games and things of that nature, but, uh, but yeah, those, those are uh, a big part of the industry. The big ones in the first person shooter category, that's your Fortnites and your uh, what else? Call of Duty. Yeah, I would say Call of Duty is uh, is certainly one that was um, you know has been around for a decade or so, and so yeah. people have kind of grown up playing uh, Fortnite. I'm sorry, uh, Call of Duty. They just kind of keep reinventing, like coming out with new games every. Is that how they're keeping people engaged? It can't surely it can't be the same game that people playing ten years ago. Yeah, no. Um, Many games don't have uh, the shelf life like a, a Call of Duty does, but you know some games are are super popular and, and they've been around for a decade or so. And new games tend to have you know that new appeal, but they they may fizzle out. And so there there's um, there's a steady stream of people who have been playing things like StarCraft or Halo for you know 12 or 15 years or so, and then you do have New people, new new kids entering into kind of esports. They're in their fandom, if you will, and they're playing, you know, games like Fortnite, which mm -hmm. have you know new tools and, and new ways to engage communities, mm -hmm. like um, you know microtransactions within the game and the ability to you know clearly communicate with other people while you're playing the game. So these are uh, you know new tools and new ways that people are connecting uh, the esports communities. Speaking of that. Communicating within the game, buying things within the game is to me what sets some of this apart from just watching people play video games. I mean, the, the monetizing it and the marketing side of it is fascinating. Um, so where, what's the outlook? Where, where is this going, basically, this industry? Um, well, that's a great question. I think esports in particular is... Um, believe the outlook is that it should be a billion dollar industry uh, in 2020, uh, which is big, right? That's a, that's a ton of money uh, going into esports. It still is dwarfed by just the overall gaming uh, community, which is uh, what makes up some of these, uh, these tools and technologies that you're seeing as far as the, the microtransactions. But I think um, as far as esports, it's gonna be just more engagement, right? More people getting um, involved in it just because of the awareness. Um, more people are interested in gaming. Mobile gaming is big. New technologies like virtual reality, mm -hmm. extended reality will be uh, big parts of, uh, of people's lives because um, you know the technology is going to facilitate that engagement. And so um, I think uh, gaming is here to stay clearly and uh, it will be a bigger and bigger part of, of people's lives going forward. Generationally it makes sense too, right? Because Absolutely. People 20 years ago weren't playing video games with their kids that are, that are growing up. But now, kids as they grow up, their parents have a familiarity with video games and are more likely to say, yeah, let's, let's go play whatever game it is and engage with their kids that way. And so maybe they're going to, the farther along we go, there will be more parents embracing it and playing along and it's a whole nother self of family engagement together. Yeah, no, I think that totally makes sense, is that this is 
a new pastime, if you will, right? It's for parents to be able to, you know, see what their kids are experiencing through their through their eyes, if you will, um, by by uh, participating in the games. And so, yeah, the family camaraderie is a big com- uh, part of it. Uh, peer-to-peer camaraderie with, with students, I think, is a big part of it as well. Uh, and just the ability for kids to express themselves and feel comfortable doing that uh, by playing games or, or even just watching somebody play games is a, is a very big part of, um, you know, the social lives of kids today. Yeah, yeah. watching somebody play video games. Is a not real thing, right? <laughs> yeah, we're not used to that. Well, now we're getting more used to it, but it is not something growing up we were used to. If you're if you're watching somebody play when you're my age, that means you were just waiting for your next right. turn for somebody to die <laughs> exactly. on Super Mario Brothers or whatever, so you can get your chance. But now it's a whole nother world. So so tell me real quick, like there's there's players who are playing, like Alan, FC Dallas's EMLS guy, mm-hmm. who is a competitor. And then there's guys that are just out there like Ninja, big well-known one, who are playing more like in a recreational space, right? Where that's where the whole watching people play comes in. Right. So tell me about how these content guys, what's their role? Um, Well, I think the content guys are are really driving the industry, right? So um, I think... Clearly, people are going to follow their favorite players. Uh, Players are, you know, it's kind of funny to say, but no different than professional players in traditional sports. These guys have, uh, you know, very high skills. Uh, They put themselves on nutritional regimens, which is a big and growing part of the industry as well. Uh, But the content creators are the ones that have this uh, innate ability to to connect with their audiences, right? It's it's um, and this is, I think, one of the the key reasons why esports is so popular is that the fans and the community of supporters for these content creators actually feel like, you know, they can they are connected with these um, with these influencers, and so I think um, you'll even see more traditional sports guys kind of follow that path and figure out ways to engage with their community on an authentic level, either playing the game or or really just being more accessible mm-hmm. because that's the reason that uh, I think esports is really taken off, right? It's just the accessibility yeah. of the influencers. Because when you think about it, um, athletes in different sports, there's sort of been some of their roadblocks to people knowing them as well right. or by face is if they're behind a helmet, right? Right. Or if you're, most fans are never going to see a real professional athlete in person up close. Right. They're behind a helmet and they're on TV or they're far away, right. depending on what kind of field or whatever scope they play in. So the difference in these content creators or whatever, these kids or audience members, they're not all kids, <laughs> I know, can watch them and stare at their face on a little screen like front and center for hours and they like actually know these people's personalities, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Even deeper than that, right? So they actually have the ability to converse with them, right? And so when they're doing a live stream, their audience members can actually, you know, send them a message. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, you know, what are you eating for lunch? And these content creators can actually respond back. A lot of them do. Uh, and really, the, a lot of the popularity has grown because of that fan interaction. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's a that's a huge dynamic of, of why esports is so popular and why, you know, the people that are driving uh, the industry, these content creators are uh, so recognizable now with their community of supporters. 
that's what's interesting to me yeah. is that part of it. And they, like you said, a kid can ask them a question or someone can ask them a question and that they might answer it right then and there. Right, yeah. And they really get to know them, which is a hurdle that, that traditional athletes are still trying to figure out. And this like you true. said, we'll see some differences probably in how they, platforms that they have to engage with us as fans. Yeah, I think that's certainly in the pipeline, right, is uh, new tools and, and technologies that will enable traditional athletes to, to be more accessible to their fans. And, um, you know, I, I would imagine that's a, that's a valuable piece of, um, of, of kind of that bridge that we were talking about, the, the convergence of traditional sports and the esports will, will probably be the ability for traditional sports guys to communicate a bit better with their uh, community of supporters or fans, if you will. Good. I'm anxious to see what that looks like. Yeah, That's yeah. great. Now, again, sitting in Frisco, we don't have the same, I don't know, delay or problem with interacting with athletes as much right. here. <laughs> we are crazy lucky in that you you can go, you point in which direction you want to go, and you can find a Dallas Cowboy, uh, a Dallas Stars player that are headquartered right here. You can go watch them practice. You sure. can go to watch... The Texas Legends professional players head over here to Toyota Stadium. You can see professional soccer players. I mean, now we have professional lacrosse players. I'm sure I'm missing a big sp- Oh, the Rough Riders, hello. You can see professional baseball players. So our, you know, we have it a little different here and that we can actually engage. But I also think that's what's interesting is that we're at the forefront of the esports boom too, is that we're jumping on board early on both sides. So it's great. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, kudos to Frisco for kind of seeing this early and, and really getting on board. And I think it'll it'll totally pay dividends, right? So Frisco, as you mentioned, is just this great uh, sports town, right? It has a density of, you know, traditional sports guys and, you know, people who work in the industry. You could go mm-hmm. and have lunch and maybe every fifth person works in the sports industry here in Frisco. Right. So it's a, it's a crazy sports town. And now the fact that you bolted on esports uh, to that as well, it really makes it a, a, a fun place to be. I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of sports here to talk about. Thank you for sitting down with us. I know you're busy, but I appreciate the time to learn a little bit about uh, your role and everything and breaking it down for us and seeing how Frisco fits into everything here. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's been fun.